This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. California, third top story. The sitting president of the United States of America on the heels of more classified documents in the secure location of his garage. And don't be too hard on the president. The garage, it was locked. And he owns a Corvette. Humble brag. I've never heard a president humble brag. Green 67 Stingray, no less. Somebody said the lights. He's got personalized plays to say the big guy. The big guy. I haven't seen that. They also said we need to fact check that. And we don't want to because we like the narrative. And it's Feel Good Friday. Heck, why not? Uh, I was on USA Today and there's a story about um, Garland, a point special pro- a special investigator, whatever it is, and prosecutor investigator. Start reading the story. Special counsel. Special counsel. <laughs> you almost. Oh, I almost had it, man. If well, they keep- government lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> if you keep mumbling, maybe you'll get something. I'll accidentally get it yeah. right. They spent more time in this article talking about Trump. I swear to God, in the story, talking about Merrick Garland appointing a special prosecutor because the sitting president of the United States of America, and I hope if you have conversations with people that support Joe Biden, I hope you impress upon them. He, he's currently, he's the president, the president of the United States of America. So sometimes when I hear some of these uh, journalists that keep saying, well, it's, it's, it's different. Different. Different, different than what Trump did. You t- I agree with you. It is different. You know what's different? This is a sitting... Pre- it's almost frightening, and I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. The sitting president of the United States of America, that is, you're right, vastly different than the Trump situation. And there's two locations. Yeah. One which was the think tank, which presumably has, like, there are more people that would have had access to those documents than at your home, right? Than, like, you know, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. First of all, I don't know anybody who keeps papers in their garage. But the garage is locked, Steph. Be easy on the guy, would you? I don't care. Who even keeps papers anymore? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> well, Joe's, what, 87, 89, 92 years old? Seriously, they should give him a clear bag, just like we have to take to the Mizzou game when he has to leave his office and be like, hey, Joe, do you have any confidential documents? Before you leave, we need to check your bag. Well, and if they were from when he was vice president, why has he kept those for so long? That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh in and of itself, uh, and again, I go back to, I think it's two big stories. Number one has been the news outlets, the way they covered Trump, the way they are covering this. That is a, a story. Make no mistake, stand alone. Trump stuff aside, regardless of what's happened to any other president as it relates to the media coverage and documents, this is pretty substantial. A sitting president with classified documents. Well, oh. And Tyler saying, yeah, just imagine basically what would have happened if this if Trump would have been the sitting yeah. president and this would have happened. I mean, just in, insane. I hope you share seriously, man. Uh, if we may ask you for a favor this morning, we tell you to if you if you know any Biden, if there are any Biden supporters even left at this point anymore, if you know them, tell them, yeah, you know what? You're right. It is way different. This is a sitting president, and that is incredibly sad. As he gets ready, he's meeting with uh, Japanese officials. I always get nervous when he's out on the national stage. I'm afraid how he's going to tarnish our image. Text 874-9398. Guys, take offense to your open with the out-of-context comments from Joe Biden. It's the Biden saying, I take I take classified documents. Who was that from Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Halsworth is back on Monday. He would be so disappointed.
You didn't? And we love Brian for we that. Do. We do. We, we, he we, keeps us honest. We, we all, listen, we tease each other. It's brother and sister stuff. Um, well, it, how about this then? I apologize if you took offense that that was taken out of context. Joe, com- Joe Biden's comments. How about this one then? takes classified documents. Taylor. All right. How's that? Is that better? That's Corinne Jean-Pierre taking classified uh, documents. Well, and here's another question raised by a listener is, isn't part of the issue that he took the documents when he was the vice president, not the president? So how much access? I think the question is, you know, how much access does the vice president have to these documents in the first place? And that's a question I haven't seen a lot of mainstream media outlets answer. And I don't actually know the answer. Like, you know, how much how much access does Kamala have to all of our documents? Um, and then, yeah. I, I just I think that's an open question that's being overlooked. So thanks for pointing that out, Brad. They prepping her right now to be president of the United States. Prepping Kamala, probably even worse than what we have now. But this is rare. Some bipartisanship amongst Missouri Whoa. lawmakers. Senator Josh Hawley agrees with U.S. Representative Cory Bush. Huh. Uh, Corey Bush uh, in politics, I think one of the most racist people that I'm aware of when she talks about people like Brian Donalds was only tapped to potentially be Speaker of the House just because he's black. That woman is incredibly racist. So they agree on what to have for lunch or something? (laughs) They agreed. Uh, They are asking the federal government to perform more testing for radioactive contamination on properties owned by the Hazelwood School District. And John, I know this is a story you've kind of been interested in over the past uh, couple of months. This was a deal where initially they were reporting that that school and uh, Chris Arps yeah. went to school in the same school district, talked to us about it, where they going way back to the World War II era, where they found trace amounts of radioactive material in a creek behind the school and all. And then after, who was it? Was the Corps of Engineers or the NRC or somebody came in and investigated? They basically said that there really wasn't anything to be alarmed about. So now Josh and Corey in a show of unity, saying, hey, you know, maybe we could work together uh, on this. What's going to happen with George Santos there, by the way, in the House? Like, I mean, he's hanging on by a thread. So George Santos' guy uh, took a Democratic seat in New York uh, and then uh, got elected to Congress and, like, everything this guy said he was completely untrue. And to an extent... I I'm surprised that no, like the New York Times had not. I here's a here's a conspiracy, or here's a theory that I have. The New York Times knew long before the heat. I don't even want to use the word embellished his resume. He lied. He was a serial liar. Serial liar. As a matter of fact, a bunch of party officials, GOP party officials, uh, in uh, Nassau County, New York. Well, to my recollection, it said he went to Baruch College. Said he went to NYU. He later, or perhaps at the interview, I didn't attend it. Uh, that he uh, sought a master's degree. Uh, I went on to say he was a star of the volleyball championship team. George Santos, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but he threw for ten touchdown passes for Georgia in Monday night's championship game. I think I saw that on his uh, resume. Uh, do you think he should? Uh, do you think he should resign? I bet. Demi- don't you think the Democrats are like, we don't want you to resign. Go ahead, George. Stay in office. Mm-hmm. It'll be a gold mine uh, for them. Joe, Bi- I wonder, you know, you think about uh, people like George Santos uh, and his lies and Joe Biden, the lies that he has told over the years. I think, has Joe, like you go up, Joe, Joe, you ever flown, have you ever emergency landed an airplane? 
What do you think his answer would be? Oh, yeah, when I was working at the factory at uh, GM in uh, Detroit. Why, about 1967 on time I landed in there. Because most dudes, apparently... I was there to pick up the vet. <laughs> and uh, and me and Socrates, Socrates was my co-pilot, you see. And and then uh, the corn puff dude, I kicked his ass on the runway when I emergency landed this airplane. Did we have a survey this week, like the, the number of men that think they could emergency land an airplane? Yes. How confident are you that you could safely land a passenger airplane in an emergency situation relying only on air traffic control? Apparently, men are very confident. About half of them said, oh, yeah, no problem. I'd put that plane on the ground. Which, you know, interestingly enough, now there is a team pilot. He was already a pilot, 18 years old, flying a little single-engine plane in California, just flying the family to breakfast. That's how this family rolls. Let's uh, hop in the airplane, go have some breakfast Do they somewhere. live in Alaska? Where do they live? <laughs> I lived in California. Oh. Uh, and he's got the family in there. Grandma's in the back seat. Engine pops and then dies. And this 18-year-old kid nowhere near an airport has to land the thing. Grandma is freaking out. In the back of the plane, and the kid lands it on a highway, 18 years old. Hannah put something on our wake-up uh, page about this. Yeah, Stephanie had seen a tweet asking this same question, and I posted the tweet, or the question, rather, hoping that our results would mirror what the tweet that Stephanie found said. And uh, our results were a little more uh, uh, gutsy. <laughs> confident? Com- yeah, confident. Um I would say there's almost 60 comments, and a good majority said that they thought they could figure it out. And I was just kind of surprised by that. Well, I don't know. You know, when you think about airliners, you know, passenger airliners, they, you know, they have autopilot and they have an auto land function. And theoretically, you could just sit there in the seat and have it land itself. And then there's people like Paula who commented on the Facebook post on the wake up page. And said, no, I couldn't land a plane. I can't even fold a paper airplane with directions. <laughs> I, think, I think about some of the simplest things in life that either I can't do or am not interested enough in learning how to do. And I think landing an airplane. Of course, people do remarkable things under extraordinary emergency circumstances. That's true. But Paula's comment kind of mirrors the survey that we found on Twitter in that more... Only one in five women said that they were that they could land an airplane. Men were like half of them said, "Yep." So women were a little bit more hesitant or less confident. Is it because women? I think, but is it because women uh, display more humility than men, or is it because they're more realistic? Yeah, (laughs) or men overestimate their abilities. (laughs) It was this big. I swear to God, man. Uh, coming up, by the way, 735, kind of an interesting story. Springfield News Leader picked up on this. Young man uh, wants to hike all of Missouri State Parks, and he's done 31 of them. And I first he caught my attention a little bit. One of his favorite state parks so far is right here where we live in mid-Missouri. And then got the rest of the story about why he did it. And it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's something I think that's near and dear to us here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. He's going to be joining us here on the show coming up at 735 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Coming up, we are going to be doing What's Hot with Anna. What do you have for us, Anna? Well, there was an Amazon driver who found himself in a crappy situation. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 725-ish, which means it's... Well, you see, Brandon. Oh, come on, Anna. It is... Give it to me, kiddo. What? 
It's Give it to me. Well, hang on. I'm not quite ready. Come on, man. It is 726. I was there at 725. Oh, Hannah was, oh, you almost had it. Hannah, this is how you know Hannah's approach. She knows how to manipulate the clocks. Uh, she uh, she stalled. That's pretty good, Hannah. That's awesome. Thank you. This is why they pay me the big bucks I to be still, here. I still want the credit for the set. <laughs> this is like three days in a row. Who would have thunk it that the, the inspiration of a 13-year-old, as they call them in Columbia schools, a 13-year-old scholar, uh, a 13-year-old student, Blair Oaks, uh, would inspire us to epic change here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I thought it was the big bonk you took on the head last Friday falling off the stage. <laughs> Did <laughs> you? Up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I saw so doing the governor's uh, second annual prayer breakfast. We wrap up. I fall off the stage, grab the pastor. We both fall down on the stage. If you get a chance, go to the Wake Up Mid-Missouri YouTube Remind channel. Remind me never to stand next to you at an event. If you take me down with you when you're falling, I would, I would never talk to you again, by the way. Update to that story before we get into what's hot with Hannah. I reached out to that pastor yesterday. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, hey. Yeah, his lawyers were in touch. <laughs> I'm like, go watch the video. Here's, the, here's my recollection of what happened up there on that stage in front of 800-plus people at the governor's prayer breakfast. Just watch this. But would love for you to come on and tell your version of what happened because I start falling. So we're taking pictures, <laughs> and we keep backing up off the stage. All of a sudden, there's no more stage. It's just black curtain. I grab the pastor by the back, realize probably not a good idea. Let go, and I'm like, nope, better grab him back. And this is all happening within a matter of seconds. So maybe he'll come on the show. What's hot today? <laughs> Well, Brandon, you're going to hate this because it's going to make you a little squeamish. But there is an Amazon delivery driver who's gone viral on TikTok for a rather unfortunate situation that he he found himself in while delivering packages. Uh, for whatever reason, one of the customers on his route had left a giant gaping hole in their yard to their septic tank. <laughs> and they had just kind of covered it up with the tarp, and he stepped. <laughs> he stepped on the edge of it, and uh, he fell about six feet down into this septic tank. Whoa! Wasn't and, there a pastor from a church in Waynesville <laughs> that he could have grabbed onto to save his life? I can't play the audio because he uses a lot of bad words, and I just can't bleep them all. But he's filming TikToks of himself in this deep hole. He's showing the roots that he tried to use to climb out before he finally just called the fire department and they had to come bring a ladder to get him out. But he's standing almost knee deep in sludge and he said that he lost what he called the rabbit, which is really just the little handheld thing they used to scan the packages. He said he lost it in the sludge somewhere <laughs> and he just said that it was a lost cause because he wasn't going to fish for it. I bet there was no smile on his packing box anymore, huh? <laughs> but get this, okay? Too bad it wasn't UPS. The people in brown. <laughs> oh. Get this. He had 100 stops left on his route for the day, and they made him, like, finish his route. Mm. They had somebody come and take 50 of the 100 stops, but they sent him home to take a shower and made him finish the route. What the heck? Oh, oh crap. What? Isn't that UPS's tagline? What can Brown do for you? I smell a payday coming for this guy. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Human cashiers because he says that robots are taking jobs away from people. 
If you really felt that way, you'd throw your phone in the toilet, right? Because that thing <laughs> has taken jobs away from travel agents, fitness instructors, photographers, manufacturers of CDs, paper maps, pedometers, phone booths, Rolodexes, stopwatches, calculators, alarm clocks. Brings up a good point. That's comedian Kellen Erskine. I've recently just discovered talking about self-checkouts and robots. I feel attacked <laughs> as a proud member of the anti-self-checkout club. I am anti-self-checkout, <laughs> too, because I, I should be getting a discount if I'm doing some of that work. But I love the guy's take on this stuff. Check him out. He's got some stuff on, uh, on, on YouTube. I don't know if he's got anything on Netflix. Kellen Erskine is the guy's name. E-R-S-K-I-N-E. -E. Welcome to a feel-good Friday edition of Wake Up Mid-Missouri. To my left is the lovely Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Sorry for making judgment based on your looks. There's the lovely. <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble or something. There's the lovely producer Hannah. Good morning. The suave and debonair John Marsh is here. Yo, what's up? <laughs> That's nicer than the things you usually call him. Well, it depends on the day of the week. Uh, my name is just uh, Brandon Rathard. Uh, and then uh, a very handsome guest in the studio this morning while I'm judging everybody based on their <laughs> Also wearing red. Also wearing red. And there's, by the way, we wear, wear red and there's a reason. So if you're watching on our YouTube channel or watching on the Facebook channel, there's a reason we wear red. We wear red on Fridays to remember everyone deployed. And we do it kind of to encourage you, too, because we do still have uh, servicemen and women all across this planet that are uh, are deployed. And so we do it to not say, look at what we are doing. It's not a humble brag. It's not like going, uh, I got a Corvette, like Joe did. Yeah, I got a Corvette. I got a Corvette. It's not a humble brag. We do that so that maybe other folks, you know, you're listening, haven't left for work yet. Yeah, I'll put on some red. Remember, everyone deployed. There's this kid. Oh, kid. Everybody who's younger than me is a kid. No, no offense, uh, <laughs> Isaiah. Uh, young man by the name of uh, Isaiah Maxi joining us in the studio. Did something really cool. Uh, is uh, wants to hike all the state parks in Missouri. And so far, just within the span of like 11 months, 10, 11 months, did 31 of them. Uh, and he's kind of weighed in on some of his favorites thus far. Isaiah, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you could be here. By the way, I want to thank, can we say where, are we allowed to say where you work? Because we want to thank your, your workplace for being accommodating of allowing you to come join us to share your story this morning. Can we say where you work? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, uh, I work at the Missouri Community Service Commission. Missouri Community Service Commission. Uh, so you go and hike these, you do 31, uh, 31 parks. Uh, what is number one on your list? <sighs> I mean, it's it's definitely a it's definitely a double edged sword because it's so commercial. Yeah, but it's like it's surreal. I gotta say, ha ha Tonka. Ha ha Tonka yeah. is is commercialized over there. It's not like when I was a kid leaving from St. Louis to go to those places. Uh, Echo Bluff State Park, I think uh, I've been there, and that's gotten a little commercialized. Yes. Is that your take too? Yes, yes, it's. It's it has pretty cool uh, cabins and looks mm -hmm. super modernized. Yeah, and I I actually hiked from Current River State Park to Echo Bluff. It took me about five and a half six hours, and it was like drizzle rain coming down. It was it was definitely a a fun experience because that was probably the toughest thing I did all year. Okay. And it was like I started walking and I couldn't feel my feet. I had like a change of socks and it was like, all right, halfway through, I changed my socks and came back and it was just, it was an opportunity for me to just like 
just hiked through the woods, and I was, like, sitting on rocks and just enjoying the nature. And the reason that you did this, I want to get to that, because I think that's kind of the, the bigger thing uh, to me, is why you decided to do this. I hope you stay with us so you can hear why Isaiah decided to uh, to do this. It's one of those things, I think, uh, we did we, every year we do Tiger Tailgates. And this was a uh, Black Friday game, Thanksgiving, Mizzou, Arkansas. We're doing the tailgate, and it rained all day. And it was like 33 degrees. And it was an incredible... And we thought, well, we're not going to have a lot, of, whole lot of people showing up. It's not going to be that big of a tailgate. It was incredibly packed. It was incredibly wet. It was incredibly cold. And it was, I mean, within minutes, you're, it was miserable. In retrospect, one of the coolest things I've ever done. It was a blast. So it's like that uh, for you. Now you've got a local uh, uh, park that made your uh, made your list. What's the park that made your local list? Um, the Columbia Memorial State Park, uh, Rock Bridge Memorial. Yeah, State Rock Bridge. Yeah, Rock yeah. Bridge. Uh, and what is it that you liked about that? I mean, it's it has a, a good balance. Uh, it's well maintained. There's uh, caves. Mm-hmm. There's trail systems that. You know, you don't have to, like, fight through to get through. And it's just, I was sitting next to a river, and I got the chance to just reflect. Yeah. So, where did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. All right. Like, what what part of Kansas City? Uh, if you're familiar with the zoo, I grew up near the zoo. That's, like, the inner city. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you... So did you grow up? Did you were you like camping? And is that what you you and your friends did in your neighborhood? Did you go camping and go hiking and stuff like that? Um, not in my neighborhood. We went outside my neighborhood, and um, I actually joined a Boy Scout troop, and we would camp with my Boy Scout troop. Did you get flack for that from from your buds in the neighborhood? No, actually, Good. every once in a while, I, I would take a couple of them with me. Good. So it was it was definitely a, a pretty cool experience because I grew up just playing sports, and that was like the odd thing that I got to do growing up. So, uh, by the way, our guest, Isaiah Maxey, he uh, he's wants to hike all of Missouri's state. How many are there total, by the way? Uh, I know there's 92, including the historical landmarks. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, we're, like, we're like, I think, top five in state parks across the nation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Didn't know that either. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Isaiah Maxey joining us this morning, talking about his journey traveling these state parks in Missouri. He's kind of ranked him one of his faves. Is right here in mid-Missouri. Do want to get to why he's doing it. That's pretty cool. Isaiah Maxey joining us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Isaiah, you, since you've spent so much time in many of the state parks here in, in Missouri, I guess the question this week might be, you ever seen any mountain lions or any other <laughs> livestock that registered with you? Uh, funny enough, my goal was to see a bear far enough where he didn't see me, <laughs> but like close enough. I was like, that's a bear. Let me take a picture. Good plan. <laughs> Did you spot one? I didn't spot anything. Yeah. I seen a, I seen a sign that says be, be, be bear aware. And I was just like, huh, we still have bears in Missouri. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's bear hunting season now uh, that I think that's coming up here before long. But really? hey, so, you know, I hiked a lot during covid because i didn't have anything else to do um and i enjoyed a lot of the parks right around here but you've you know it sounds like you started early and it's just a a love of of parks that has grown and you're sticking with it after covid so what i guess got you into hiking dirt you know in the last couple years really i think it's a mixture of of trying to just get out of the house i've i'm a pretty introverted person 
Um, like, I don't uh, go out and socialize at, like, different uh, social establishments. Kindred spirits, me yes. and Isaiah. Yes. So it's like, just trying to just get out the house, I just found myself indoors all the time. I would just go to work, go home, or go to work and go to, like, a certain event. So what was happening in your headspace during, during the COVID stuff? I mean, for me, it was, it was, I would label 2022 as probably one of my toughest years of my life so far, and I'm only 28. Um, it was, I don't know if you're familiar with AmeriCorps, uh, we had the opportunity to serve um, during that time, and we were, we were, you know, building trails, we were building houses, we were helping people during the hurricanes and the floods, and we also had the opportunity to serve during, like, the first um, rollout of the, the vaccines, and, like, you know, I don't, I don't really talk too much about that aspect of it because it was, it was definitely bittersweet because we had the opportunity to help so many people. But it was also just, it was just a lot to take on, especially uh, leading a, a team of individuals to, to try to get uh, a lot of different people uh, the vaccines and whatnot. So it was, it so was. So there was pressure. The weight was coming down on you. Right, right. Because yeah. for me, like I don't have, I have a. I call them. I call them like my my brothers and my sisters. Like I have a lot of brothers and sisters. I don't have too many friends, so it's just like, you know, I don't know how I don't know how you all are, but when people we don't get a call or a text for a week, two weeks, three weeks. If I don't get a call for a couple of days, I'm something's wrong with the phone. Right. That's, that's <laughs> right, what I think. Right. right? <laughs> so it was just it was just it was just a lot to take on. It yeah. was just I wasn't in the best of headspace, and I was. I did a lot of reaching out during that time to like family, friends, and just try to let them know that I wasn't okay, and try to continue to move move forward. Because even though I'm not in that good headspace, whenever I snap out, I don't want to be you know too deep into a home. Hopefully, I'm moving forward and I snap out, and I'm, I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, and I think that's cool because. We do sometimes. I'll speak for me personally, but one of the one of the reasons we wanted to have you here because I think everybody on this show we've always been kind of open about do I headspace, mental health, whatever you want to call it, and we're human beings, and that thing those things happen. But I think the more we're kind of open about that stuff and say, hey, you know, it's okay, we're human beings. We get sometimes into some really weird places, and sometimes darker than others, and we get in our headspace at like that's real or we think it's reality and really it's not i mean it's our reality but trying to get out of the headspace man so how did how was that for you to just even reach out and kind of ask for help or let people know at the very least hey i'm not doing all right i've actually been fortunate enough to be in positions where i've become comfortable with it um in college i, I played sports but i was also a preschool teacher i was also um, a little league coach. So just being in that environment where it was like, you know, people saying like, hey, you know, we care about you. Hey, we love you. Hey. So like, I didn't start telling people I love them until college. So it was just like, now I, I make a conscious decision to tell my family I love them because we grew up in an environment where, you know, that's not the norm. So it's just like, I love you. Like, and if they don't tell me they love me back, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just a, I don't know if it's a if it's just a thing that we grew up because I grew up with all boys. My dad raised all of us, and now I have two younger sisters. So it's just I don't know if it's just the environment or I don't know what it is. Uh, 
based on your experience, you got into a really dark place, not feeling good. You found a way to, in your way, was hiking state parks, being outdoors, and giving even more of yourself to service, giving even more of yourself to community. Somebody this morning right now going, yeah, you know, I get into those weird places sometimes. I get really bummed out. What's the one thing that you would say to them as somebody who's been in that situation? I just say try to communicate um, to the best of your ability. Um, you know, a lot of people may see, may see, but are afraid to ask. And like a lot of people do care about you. Um, just try to be as open as possible, you know, that you're comfortable with, but sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. All right. Isaiah, Maxie, by the way, you, you got four new friends now. <laughs> John Marsh, producer Hannah, Stephanie Bell, and uh, myself. And I think I got a new friend too, man. N thank you for coming in and sharing your story. We appreciate you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. More dangerous, Joe Biden having classified documents in his garage or Joe Biden having the keys to a Corvette? <laughs> Jimmy, that's what we were asking, too. Jimmy Kimmel and some of the uh, some of the ways late-night comedians have been handling the whole thing. Unprecedented situation, and I hope people know this, especially if you know people in your circle. Let's say they're, oh, we love Biden. We love that I've lost my retirement. We love paying $8 for eggs. We love all of these. We love that he killed one of our Missourians, even in the Afghanistan withdrawal. We love that he was the cause of Russia invading Ukraine. We love all of this. If you know somebody who still loves Biden because of all that stuff, I hope that you have the chance to have a civil conversation say you realize this is a sitting president of the United States of America who has classified documents from his time as vice president twice. You realize this is the guy who's all about transparency. You realize we knew about this a week prior to the midterm election. You knew that, right? You knew that. Uh, would love to see these conversations happen and how those, if there are any Biden supporters left around here, how they react to facts. Why haven't we seen the photo of the classified documents with it all laid out like we got at Mar-a-Lago? I just, are there like tire tracks on some of these documents where they just kind of shuffled about? Uh, but remember, before we be too hard on you, remember the, the documents that were found in the garage, um, the garage was locked. So <laughs> we shouldn't be too hard on the guy. One of our listeners brings up a good point. Does Hunter have access to that garage? <laughs> Is Hunter there? Who has access to these documents? And if they are really documents since he was vice president, they've been hanging out in this garage, hanging out in his personal library, hanging out in the think tank for how many years? Who who knows how many people have seen these things? And he did say that uh, Hunter and Bo got his Corvette motor rebuilt. So maybe Hunter did have access to the garage. So I'm going to start going deep here. Now, I'll tell you, one of the folks really good at this, Gary Nolan. He hosts the Gary Nolan Show weekday mornings at 9, but drawing the line. Because remember, in those, by the way, the first batch of classified documents the sitting president of the United States had in his possession at his think tank, the documents related to Iran and Ukraine. You know what else Ukraine is related to? Potentially Hunter Biden and the use of the name, the use of that Biden name. I think Sean Hannity calls it the, the Biden family cabal. It's all, and those people, oh, the Hunter Biden story, it's not a thing. I uh, remember Twitter, pre-Elon Musk, P-E-M we call it, pre-Elon Musk. Remember Twitter, well, we don't need to do these stories about the Hunter Biden documents because it's not true. They were very true. And I'm wondering now, again, Gary can go deep into this stuff. Okay, so you got documents that the President of the United States had in his possession that have to do with Ukraine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm going to go deep.
into the what-if barrel on some of these things. Coming up 8.35 this morning, I love doing this on Feel Good Fridays. We pick winners and losers of the week. If there is somebody besides the obvious... <laughs> We got your nominations for Joe Biden for Loser of the Week. Uh, we got those. Especially if you have somebody local. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be someone that enjoys name-wide recognition like a politician or a TV anchor. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody like that. I kind of rather prefer you know, some of those folks that we may not hear about. Somebody you want to nominate for a Winner of the Week. Uh, send those texts. 874 874- 9390. And then if you nominated somebody, let them know, hey, you ought to tune in at 835. You might be a winner of the week on Wake Up uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I got uh, 